Hi, this is Gillen from Race Reflections. Welcome to episode 14 of At Work, our podcast dedicated to all things inequality, injustice and oppression in the workplace. So I would like once more to invite you to submit your questions, your queries, your dilemmas to at work at racereflections.co.uk and we will try to answer them, give them some thoughts, some reflections and if we feel we are able to suggest some way to resolve or to attempt to resolve the issue. So we are looking forward to hearing from you and unless we get some particular request, then I tend to bring to Outwork other issues that have come to the fore during training, during our community discussions and meeting or simply during the week at large. So today there's one thing that's been on my mind that I have been wanting to address and it is essentially the relationship that exists between the workplace and between the socio-political context. In our training, particularly in Beyond Bias, and it is the training that we described in episode 13, we really go to town when it comes to explaining how the different, so-called different levels of communication, of interaction, of functioning are all interrelated, co-constitutive and shape, of course, the social outcomes that we have. Today, I want to think perhaps a little bit more about the link between the organization as a structure or institutions as entities or organisms, we may even say, and the socio-political context. And so that's what I shall be offering a few thoughts on today. So why it matters that we think about the relationship between institutions and the socio-political context. I know that there has been a lot of work, a lot of thinking, I would say really sadly unhelpful thinking, individualistic thinking, which has attempted to situate or to present workplaces as exceptions to sociopolitical violence, to sociopolitical processes and to sociopolitical events. Now, I believe this is not only a error when it comes to thinking about the nature of social phenomena, but I think it is really unhelpful, if not dangerous actually, to attempt 
to separate or to extract institution from their sociopolitical and indeed historical context. Now, we are mainly going to concentrate on the link between institution and the sociopolitical. So why do we need to do it? Why does it matter? Why it's important for anyone who is serious about inequality, injustice and oppression to think about those connections, to think about those links. Number one, I would say that workplaces, institutions are microcosm of societies. And so that means that whatever exists within the sociopolitical context, whatever is taking place within the sociopolitical context is likely more than not unbalanced to be taking place within your institutions. And I would add to that, the larger the institution, the more likely it is that it is going to be a mirror or representative of society at large. And so this is what I want to say. That is the reason why the largest institution of the land struggle the most when it comes to exclusion, when it comes to marginalization, when it comes to inequality, when it comes to hierarchical thinking. So it's not a coincidence. I could explain why I believe this is so using statistics or using perhaps even group analytic thinking. But I do believe that the larger the group, the larger the institution, the more likely it's going to be representative of what happened within society. So if we accept or if we stay for a moment with the idea that the workplace or your workplace, your institution is a microcosm of the sociopolitical context at large, then the implications are quite significant and there are many. Let us concentrate on a few. So if we say that your institution mirrors what happens within society at large? Well, it means very explicitly that issues to do with inequality, injustice and oppression that exist within society at large, including uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, all those axes of oppression slash identity and all the inequality that they produce in society are likely to be operational within your institution. And I know to some of us that might sound like a very basic entry-level statement to make, but having had conversation and having done this work for a number of years, decades possibly, I can tell you that maybe 50-60% of people I come across in our training within the intervention that we develop or that we deliver believe that they are exception. They believe in exceptionalism. That is, they believe that they have managed to create somehow some kind of island that can be extracted from context and that is therefore not subject to the influence of 
this context. So it's a common belief, as I said, fallacy, that somehow we can separate the two. And so I'm going to try to explain why I believe that this is so problematic or difficult. And number two, in relation to that relationship. So if we believe that our institutions are somehow different, are somehow extractable from their sociopolitical context, then that means we are not going to be on the lookout, we are not going to be attentive, we are not going to put in place preventative measure to ensure that whatever happens sociopolitically doesn't happen completely unchecked within the institution. So I'll give you an example. Post-September the 11th, Muslim groups across the globe, but of course we're talking about our country here, the UK, across the globe have seen an increase in surveillance, in persecution, in othering. We know that given the war on terror, the so-called war on terror, and all the processes that have been associated with essentially seeking revenge, seeking retribution for the act claimed by Al-Qaeda. How has that translated within institution? Well, if we look at, for example, stop and search statistics, which have been collected since the atrocities of September the 11th, what have we seen is that there has been an increase, for example, in stop and search. There has been an increase in children of the Islamic faith being excluded from school or subject to state control measures, such as eventually when it came into effect, the prevent, so-called prevent program. So if you are working at the intersection of the state and the workplace, this might be even more the case that you notice that within your institution, employees, workers who are Muslim start to be treated with more suspicion, start to be othered. You might even notice that there is an increase in conflict that involve people who are Muslim. You might even notice that there is an increase in discrimination-related complaints from workers who are Muslim. And you might also notice that generally the level of satisfaction, maybe even the turnover of people who are Muslim increase in light with what is happening in society or rather what has been happening for the best part of two decades, I would say, in society. So that is just to give you an example, fairly straightforward example of this link and the importance of paying attention to what is happening sociopolitically. And number three, in relation to why we say 
that this relationship, of course, exists, but it is vital for employers and employees to be conscious of, to be mindful of, in order to put in place some safeguard is that, of course, we internalize the social world. There's plenty of theory that exists out there to help us make sense of that relationship between the internal and the external, if we believe that they are two distinct things. So from Fanonian thinking to group analytic thinking, lots of ideas that exist out there. And that's the reason why we say that whatever exists in the social world is going to exist within your institution, in part because it is going to be mediated by the social actors that form the institution. So, for example, if you continue with the increase in Islamophobia or anti-Muslim hatred, we would expect to see an increase in anti-Muslim attitude in the workplace as consistent with, again, what is happening socio politically. So what can we do if we say that the workplace is a representative, a mirror, a microcosm of the social world? We say through various mechanisms, the internal and the external boundary arguably does not exist. We say that we also need to pay attention to the way that those processes, therefore, in the sociopolitical sphere, are going to reproduce themselves or be repeated within the institution. If we say that anyone who is serious about inequality, injustice and oppression needs to pay attention, therefore, to what is happening in the social world. Well, that means that we are saying that there may well be things that we can do to try to counter, to try to counteract, to try to put some safeguard in place so that if violence is going on sociopolitically and all things being left to their own devices, then the same violence is going to be reproduced within your institutions. So what do we want to do? What can we do? Is there anything at all that may be done to try to slow this process? So a reminder that at work is all about thinking about strategies. It's all about thinking about resolution. It's all about thinking about possible solutions. And it's not always the case that there will be solutions, but there might well be processes that can slow things down, that can mitigate and that can buffer what is it that we are talking about today. So Two or three ideas, maybe. Number one, what we want to do is, of course, be aware. I always come back to awareness, to insight, to being conscious and being mindful about what is going on around us. That is fundamentally our first tool, awareness. And therefore, to be aware, we need to be conscious. We need to pay attention to what is happening in the social sphere. Number two. When we have this awareness, 
we need to a name it, of course, but we need to perhaps more importantly to consider what might be done to counter the exclusion, the marginalization, the injustice that are likely to be reproduced internally. And so that means making space not only to anticipate, to take it as a given. And I know a lot of people have a problem with that. Again, back to exceptionalism, but thinking that your institution is an exception, that you are an exception to those processes just make you more vulnerable to reproducing them completely unchecked, unhinged. So, on balance, you're more likely to be like the rest of us, a human being, in which case you need to accept that there is some thinking, there is some uh, accountability that you need to take for ensuring that we try as much as we can to break that link, right? Or to disrupt that relationship so that we don't blindly reproduce what is in existence out there. I take it for granted that most of it is going to be very difficult to avoid, but that doesn't mean that most of it is going to be very difficult to repair and to do something about it. So if you are on the lookout, you may want to ask questions such as which group within the institution are likely to be othered? Which group is currently being targeted in society? What current political decisions are being made? What impact is that likely to have on how people relate to one another? Which segment of society is currently experiencing scapegoating? When you start looking at the social world like that, with the intention to see the same processes, but most importantly, to try to counteract those processes, you're more likely to make a difference. So once you identify the answer to those questions, then you need to think about what is it that might be put in place to mitigate what might need to be put in place to include those vulnerable groups, what might need to be put in place to educate the workplace, what might also need to be put in place when it comes to the attitudes that are likely to be influenced by what's going on sociopolitically. So I said I was going to give two or three area of resolution. I've given two. I hope that, okay, this is a very, very complex area, but something that we can nonetheless start to break down together. And that's something that we do in the training that we deliver to think about those links, to think about their implication and to think about what it means for you, but also what you can do to disrupt, to mitigate to buffer harm, which if left to its own device is only going to do damage. Okay, 
So I hope this is helpful to get you thinking. It feels to me that we've only just touched on something that is so important, but I'm conscious that I don't want to make at work a heavy theoretical podcast and something that people might struggle to access. But if you are really keen on this idea, there's loads of things that I've written and also we can deliver some training. So I think I'm going to call it today for today. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you find it in some way helpful. And so until next time, take care.